guys, what's up? This is another episode of the McAllister's Podcast. I'm your host, always Coleman McAllister. Um, here today, after a couple weeks, um, gone from the spotlight. Um, well, I mean, I've been doing stuff with the other podcasts, but um, this podcast in particular, I know it's been a couple weeks since um, I've sat down and recorded one of these. I apologize. Um, a lot of crazy shit that has been happening, um, especially with this movie ramping up. Um, I think everybody can expect that to be a more a more frequent thing. Me um me forgetting to tune in. Not even forgetting forgetting to tune in, but just getting you know, because there are just days I just I get overwhelmed, things happen and uh sometimes the podcast just just doesn't happen. I don't get it done during the weekend and then you know, Monday I could night I could do a live stream and then it just doesn't happen, it gets away from me and um you know, there is something to like positive vibes. That I think people need to um, keep when they're doing podcasts. Um, anyways, a couple things I wanted to talk about today um, on this. The fucking the snow came back, man. The snow came back this fucking February weekend, and I'm not. I was fucking living off that too much. You live off the fucking uh, the the fruits of the. The fruits of nature when when you get when they throw you a bone you know and then it comes back and it's you know it, it's crazy there was all these fucking accidents on the interstate um, from like an inch of snow maybe two inches of snow people just you know they can't <laughs> some people just they can't they can't handle it I don't know if it's just because they like are just from a different city and they move here and like they just don't know how it works or like I don't know maybe me growing up in a small town I kind of learned more about driving in the winter but like I I've always been somebody that's fucking terrified when the winter winter driving comes when I know I have to fucking you know get my car and fucking trudge through all the all the snow and ice and you know all that kind of shit um and i'm always terrible about packing my car like there's always like you're supposed to have the emergency kit or whatever i do not have the emergency kit i have uh my phone that's my that's my my phone and a couple shitty ice scrapers that's my emergency kit yeah i have a car i have a cable jumper too i have that at least um but anyways okay so a few things i wanted to talk about um you know the one of the things that has been really dawning on me lately um is with with this transition of like becoming like fully an anarchist like really giving myself into the whole idea of being like okay no government no laws etc um a lot of that has been almost kind of like a mental health exercise for me um a way to really just kind of detach from what's happening politically in the world um and, you know, there's like, you know, I have some th- other things I want to talk about that are politically related. So it's not even necessarily that I'm completely out of the scope of and frame of what's going on or that I don't like I don't care at all. But I care very, very little. I've and one of the things that I've been realizing over the last few months, a little month or whatever, I've had a couple different instances where. You know, people have either shot me messages or I'm like talking with them and they just they dive into this whole political thing. And it, it's a weird place to be because five years ago, five, four years ago, I was I was that I was totally in the political landscape. I was listening to Tim Pool all the fucking time. I was like, 
giving myself all this shit. And I still do that too, in a sense. I still try to stay informed. I still try to, you know, do that to an extent, right? But there's something that I have just come to realize in this last little bit. I mean, I've been I've been feeling like this for the last year, but really the last month I've really come to realize is I just don't give a fuck. Like, I don't give a fuck that they're doing... And or, that they're having oral arguments at the White House for Trump or Trump being on the ballot or whatever. Like, I, I don't care about that. I don't care about what Chuck Schumer's doing. I don't care about anything. Any talking point that you come with, come at me with that isn't just like a baseline, like authoritarian, libertarian type of debate. Like, a, a, like I'll have a debate of virtues. I'll have a debate of values. But like when, when it's just like, it's just this thing that happens in the news, and you're going to talk about it. The problem is that people are going to talk about it along the lines that they want you to talk about, it, right? Like the they give you the blueprint when they when they print out an article or put out a press release or whatever. They already give you the blueprint of the ways to tackle this, the ways to go about it. Oh, are you coming about this from a Republican standpoint? Are you coming about this from a Democratic standpoint? Like, are you on this side? Are you on that side? There's no nuance. There's no, you know, there's no idea of like a third answer, right? And, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this book I just read. Uh, I, I talked about it last episode, I think. Um, Zen, the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. Like, like, really removing yourself away from this idea of like having to be in tune to it. Like, really just kind of realizing like, hey... Like I only have so much control over this kind of thing, right? So, anyways, that's just been kind of like I don't I don't even know. That's just been it's been something that I've been encountering, and I just none of these people even listen to this podcast, so whatever. But like, I don't care, man. I don't care. I don't give a fuck about what you think about Trump or Biden. Well, I that's like the most annoying. Like, what do you think, Trump Biden? Like. I don't care. Whoever whoever wins, it doesn't matter to me. It doesn't like okay, like what? The 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 who's deciding what? Is it Overlord A or or, or eh, I can't talk. Overlord A or Overlord B? Like which one are you going to fucking go for? I don't know. I just think it's kind of a dumb <sighs> The problem with the political discourse this day and age is like the framing is all wrong. The the how they package it how they how you think about it is all framed incorrectly so it's really hard for me to even like want to get into that without like i because i'd have to spend like 10 minutes dissecting like just how the whole frame is okay so i know what you're talking about but your whole framing is wrong this is actually how it should be etc etc you know it's just dumb but um (laughs) on that note on that note, that doesn't mean that there aren't things that still happen that still catch my eye, still intrigue me. Um, and, you know, the main one that really kind of gave me some joy, truly gave me some joy because when when things happen that are in the right direction, you start seeing good potential for good things to happen to other people, to etc., um, there's something cool about that. And it's, it's really hilarious. I, I didn't, I didn't pull up any articles or anything for this. Um, but 
so in Nevada, I think it was a couple weeks ago, um, th- for the Republican primaries, um, the category that got the most votes was um, none of these candidates. <laughs> About six, I think like 62% the last time I saw it. Um, so, because that was, that was a state that Donald Trump was not on the ballot. Now, and it's been hilarious to see the media, um, you know, go along with this. I, I read one article saying it was a, it was a planned, coerced, <laughs> you know, tr- Trump invasion or something like that. It, something to that extent, right? Like it, just, it sounded that ridiculous where you were like, okay, what? Because they didn't vote. That's a fucking like the, that's an action against democracy. Not literally, literally not doing an action. Literally, like withholding an action means that you're doing an action that you're imposing this. Like what the fuck, dude. It's such a stupid argument. Um. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people might might hear me say that and they might think, oh, look at this Trumpy, look at this guy who, um, you know, clearly wants Donald Trump to be in office. That's not what I'm saying. Um, I look at it as more than that. Um, is, it, is it probable that most of the people who marked none of these candidates, um, like, had some affiliation with Trump or really wanted pushing for Trump? Possibly. Um, it could also be for RFK. It could also be for, you know, the reason that I kind of find to be the beauty out of this, which is um, just completely removing yourself from the system, um, completely just saying, hey, you know what? Uh, my voice is that, you know, my the way that I'm going to present myself is that I don't care. I'm not going to go along with it. Um, that's anarchism in practice. That's libertarianism in practice. That's... Um, saying no it's not it's that third option right it's not here's the crappy candidate a here's crappy candidate b it's saying no i don't want either of those i mean that's that's what i view it as saying now if trump had been had been a candidate in nevada would he have won probably i'm not gonna deny that but at face value when i when i see a headline that says none of these candidates win is, is or I should say none of these candidates is the category that wins in that state that really speaks to me like uh, that really that really shows that there is a populist movement that is really pushing for hey we really don't want any of this bullshit um and I think that's great I think that's a real um positive step god I can't <laughs> my breath man I haven't done this in two weeks and I don't know, maybe I smoke too much weed now. I don't know. But um, the cycle, the roundabout cycle, the ro- the roller coaster. Not even a roller coaster. The carousel. <laughs> the carousel. That was what I meant to say. Not a roller coaster. No, it's not like I'm taking acid or something. I'm not like, oh, I'm peeking, bro. I'm fucking peeking. Um, but yeah, I just, I I thought that that was a really cool thing to see. And I thought, um, I thought I would just comment on that and just, speak out about how like just how beautiful of a moment that is um because i think i think the common ground that i think everybody can acknowledge is you know having me personally having talked to people on both sides of the aisle um a majority of them like are not 100 percent pushing for these candidates like in the on on the unhinged uncensored when Gabe was on and we or sorry dirt dirt lord or dirt nasty beats <laughs> I probably want 
whatever. Uh, you know, when he was kind of talking about how he doesn't believe that um, Trump, you know, the entire base of Trump is like 100% MAGA, 100% on board with all that. Like, I, I, I disagree with him with that. That's fine. Like, I, I just don't believe that. I don't believe that that is something that is like, I don't think that that's the driving force of Trump. I think the driving force of Trump is this dissatisfaction with the system. And so when so when you mark none of these candidates, I mean, that speaks to me more than just voting Trump. Like that that is truly like I mean, because they could have just ran in Trump, right? They could have, you know, literally just written it and maybe maybe they did that and it didn't show up. I don't know. I don't know how that all works. Um with the voting system, but I don't know. I just thought that was a cool, cool moment. Um, another thing that I saw that was really a little disappointing, actually extremely disappointing. Um, I shouldn't even really say extremely. Um, RFK Jr. the the boat of RFK Jr. I kind of left. I want to say like, oh, I don't know, like probably like I was pushing for him up until like probably three months ago. I was really pushing for RFK Jr. I really liked. Um, I think it was kind of similar. I, I wasn't as on board with RFK Jr. as I was when Trump first took the political, like you know, took that guy's that guy's whatever um, in 2016. Like you know, I voted for him that year. I was really, you know, I really believed that he was someone that was going to kind of fuck things up really kind of take down the system, that whole thing. I really, you know, fell into that belief. And I've told this a million times, but, like, I always remember regret, instantly regretting when he got in office the first day and just being like, oh, I just voted for another Republican candidate. Um, he sold us as being, we're, I'm going to be different. I'm going And, look, I think on some policies he may still have been more progressive than a lot of other Republican candidates may have been. I don't know. But it's it he still fell in line with a lot of the um a lot of the bullshit. So and and what I guess to string that along to RFK Jr. Um I I was I was team RFK, but I always kind of had this thing in my head where I was just like you know, remembering the lesson from 2016, right? Like being aware, being you know cautious about you know backing a political candidate, especially one from a powerful political family. Um, whatever you want to say about the candies, um, I think it is fair to say that a, most of what they did was positive. But um, to attribute everything to that, I think would be um, it, it just not accurate. I think that's you're kind of playing into the whole like black and white thinking of of government, right? Like, oh, USA good. Russia bad, right? And, um, you know, that can be both true and bad in a lot of, or true and false in a lot of cases, right? Um, it's not as black and white as just having one country be good, one country be bad. It's never the case. Um, so, I mean, so I guess speaking on that front, that's a good tie in. Um, RFK, recent, RFK Jr. recently rent, uh, rent, went on, um, Dave Smith's podcast. Um, and they, he kind of came on to, so he took this stance. He's taking the pro-Israel stance on Israel-Palestine. Um, and I'm not even here to necessarily, I'm not a fucking historian. I've heard plenty on podcasts. I have not, 
written a paper or like really am able to give you fucking pointers on you know necessarily even my view in the conflict or like what has happened because i think that's what a lot of the conflict is is people kind of have different understandings of the history and then that is kind of what clouds everybody's thing so you know i i tend to be more i i'll put it this way i tend to be more sympathetic towards palestine um, I don't take the position of being pro anything. I'm not pro Palestine. I'm not pro Israel. Um, I think it's kind of ridiculous to have that mind. Again, it's kind of ridiculous to have that mindset where you're just going to be pro one country and anti one country. Um, both governments have done awful things to people. And I think that's valid to point out. But so, uh, so RFK has come out um, giving a pro Israel stance. Um, and you know, on the podcast, it was really disappointing. Um, he, he kind of, he correlated Hamas to, you know, being Hitler. Like he, he made that correlation like that, that, you know, Hitler was just an evil that needed to be stomped out. And Hamas is the same evil that needs to be stomped out. Um, and it's such a slippery slope of thinking. People think that because World War II went the way it did, um, you know, people in the U.S. are going to look at that as victory, and then anyone in the fucking, you know, in the other big part of the, the big continent of the world, right, where their countries got divided and split up in a fucking wonky-ass way for everybody, like, um, you know, they're not going to have the same view on how World War II ended up that we are, right? Um, again, like, it's, it's, it's such a weird bias that people think that because World War II went the way it did that we can just... Like, it was the same logic for Vietnam. It was the same logic for Iraq. That, like, if we, the people, the quote-unquote, the people, um, as a government, uh, just put enough enough juice into the thing and make enough weapons and do enough damage and whatever, we'll just win. We'll just bomb them out. We'll win. We'll do World War II. We'll storm Normandy. We'll drop those nukes. We'll fucking... We'll finish that shit off, man. And it never... It's never fucking worked since. Not really, not in a way that's effective. I mean, World War II didn't even work. I mean, it, the ending of that whole thing didn't even work, really. I mean, the, all these conflicts that we're having here are all as a result of that. It's all a chain reaction. It's all part of the same cycle of, you know, just damage, just humanity damaging itself, right? Um, the thing that is inevitable, but surely... Um, expanded through government um so anyway so this is just kind of an l uh, not kind of an l a huge in my mind a huge l for rfk jr i can imagine that a lot of his base is divided on that um you know he also has i've talked about this before he has wacky stances when it comes to the equity stuff I don't agree with, and that they're very, you know, people call him like a, a quote-unquote libertarian candidate. I mean, those are very anti-libertarian. His stance on Israel is very anti-libertarian. Um, so I guess my point is, you know, a lot of people who were in the libertarian party who were, you know, I saw really back in RFK, um, I encourage you to rethink that. I encourage people to rethink how they feel about RFK Jr. Um, I mean, well, the episode's going to drop tomorrow. We talk about uh, apparently RFK Jr. left some comment on some, you know, white chick was, you know, showing her ass or whatever. And he was like, oh, that's, that's gorgeous or something like that. 
<laughs> which is just hilarious. He's married and all that. Such a fucking such an RFK move, right? He probably like met her up in a city and was like, she was like, oh, I'll meet you if you leave a like on my video. <laughs> you know, he's a Kennedy man. He's a Kennedy. You know, he's getting pussy on the side. You know that motherfucker's getting pussy on the side. He's got he's got like the fucking like five of the top ten actresses just like fucking he's he's Harvey Weinstein the shit right now I'm fucking telling you man <laughs> he fucking is man no I'm kidding no I don't think that although it is he had pretty good explanation but him being on the Epstein flight logs is also kind of although that whole thing's interesting too right like how much of that is even do we even know those are the correct flight logs it's you never know, right? You'll never fucking know. Um, okay, last thing I wanted to talk about before we maybe wrap this up. I have no idea. It's kind of a shorter episode. Uh, you know, you don't do this for a couple weeks and then getting back into it is, sucks. But um, I, I think this Saturday we're going to be doing another. I'm going to try to be doing these live streams more frequently, the fundraising live streams, because um, the Fed fucked me in my taxes this year. So I, <laughs> I did not get. Um, I, I, I got. I'm not even going to say how much. Not very much. But, um, so yeah. So, last thing we're going to talk about, um, my movie of the week. Um, something I loved, something I, I, you know, I enjoyed. I did not, it did not blow me away quite as I thought it would, but it definitely still delivered. Um, Killers of the Flower Moon. Um, the new Martin Scorsese movie, the new-ish. I mean, it came out in October of last year, so not really new, about five months old. Um, cause I'm cheap and I, I didn't want to spend $20 on this and I'm kind of glad I didn't. I'm kind of glad I just got the month of Apple <laughs> and was like, okay, I'm going to watch this. Uh, no, it was very good. It was like, I think like compared to the Irishman, it was far superior to the Irishman. Um, it was a more interesting, um, time period. And that was kind of the thing that kind of was lacking of the Irishman. I felt like is it was kind of the it was basically him doing Goodfellas again, but like doubling the length. And obviously it was a different story, but like it was that same kind of vibe. Like we're even going to use all the same actors and just do a really shitty job de aging them. Um, and this movie, he didn't do any of that. I really think he kind of he probably kind of learned from that. Um, he really. It was an intriguing story. It was something that I personally had didn't know about before this movie happened. So it was it was interesting to learn that historical aspect. Um, watching like the complexity of you know him and his wife's relationship while he's like he's trying to he's helping his father like take over the family and the wealth, but at the same time, he also is really, he seems to be in love with those girl points, but then he's not. It's it, it's really interestingly done in that way. And um, it was intense. Like, there there was a lot of death. I mean, way more. I mean, <laughs> from the title, you're going to guess, right? But um, just a really interesting, interesting movie. Um, the, it was long. It was a little long. And this kind of brings me to something I want to talk about, too, uh, with a lot of these directors, um, and even Tarantino, I think, to an extent. Um, like, a lot of these guys that were really hot in the 80s and the 90s, Spielberg's another good example. Like, there's a point where they just have done too much, and 
they have like an overabundance of resources to just create these things that are just massive and like way too long. Like they're utilizing the ease of digital and all that to just like overdo it, right? Like I'm a big believer in like the 90 minute, 100 minute movie. Like really trying to keep keep your audience in it for a certain amount of time and not having to rely on, okay, like I'm going to give you this three and a half hour epic and you're going to watch just because I'm Martin Scorsese, right? And like in this, this time it worked. Like I genuinely sat through that three and a half hours like, okay, this is the shit. This is actually a good movie. Um, but it just, I guess my point is like, I feel like we're kind of in an age with the this generation of directors where it's getting a little, it's getting to be a little bit too much. It's getting a little bit overflowed, flown, <laughs> or fold, or whatever. You know what the fuck I mean, right? Um, and this isn't even necessarily a bad thing, but I... I I think it, I think it's it's exciting in a way. I think we're going to see a lot of new um, innovation. I think we're, a lot of these new newer directors, Ari Aster, um, etc., directors Paul Thomas Anderson, um, we are going to start seeing the same kind of thing happen. Um, hell yeah! So it was a good movie. I highly recommend everybody watching it. Um, and guys, that's the episode. Um, wasn't super long. I apologize, but um, I'm glad I was able to get in on your Monday afternoon. Um, stay tuned. We got the Unhinged Uncensored podcast dropping tomorrow at 2 p.m. We have the Guts and Gore podcast dropping Thursday at 2 p.m., hopefully, assuming that we have an episode for that. We're about to record one, so I assume so. Um, but hell yeah. Uh, hope everybody had a good time, has a good time, is having a good time. Stay warm. Stay warm in the weather, everybody. And, uh, yeah, see you next time. All right. And, and by, by the way, uh, ch- probably around 8 a.m., I'm going to say we're going to do a, um, a little fundraising live stream. Um, place a fallout probably. And uh, we're going to do that for a few hours. So stay tuned for that as well. All right. Have a good night, everybody. Peace.